afternoon everybody how are we all doing it is so nice to see so many of you here give me um a thumbs up or a yes in the chat if you can hear and see me okay if everything's working we have a little friend with us today mr crackerjack honeybun is here <laughs> um he refuses to go back in his cage he doesn't want to he wants to stay out so he's gonna stay out and today is one week since the vet said we should have had him put down so he, this is his bonus week birthday um so today we are here for a mindset call um most of you probably know the drill with these by now we're going to be digging into our thoughts and our brains and how the stories they tell us sometimes get in the way of us doing things we want to do um <laughs> does the support include gin the gin is optional um but by all means especially as it's friday I did tweet this morning, I was like, so I'm trying to buy a house in France, this is like my big dream. And I was like, I don't know if I want a house in France with the sunshine or if I just want to normalize midday drinking. <laughs> anyway, um, we are gonna be coaching today. We've got Sunny in the chat box if anyone needs support or if we wanna see uh, anyone's Instagram as we're talking. And we have the wonderful Sally here to coach alongside me. She, you guys have already met her, but I'm going to let her do a quick intro now, Sally, just for anyone who's listening for the first time. Hello, ho, ho, Insta Retreaters. I love you guys and this space so much. This is one of my favorite times of the year and of the week. Even though I'm having tech issues with my headset, I am here, I am here for you. I am Sally Hardy. I am a self-belief coach. So I'm all about you living your whole lives as your whole selves. But I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We are gonna have so much fun and we're gonna be about an hour. We're gonna try and stick to the hour. We always try. Um, Sally, do you wanna go first? You pick someone from the list of questions. I would love to, yes, please. I would love to talk to Kate. Kate Blakeman. If Kate is here, can you please unmute and say something? Hello. <laughs> Do we have you? Uh, sorry. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but you're looking very moody. Yes, it is um, 5 a.m. <laughs> Devotion. Are you okay to talk? Yep. <laughs> Are you there sure? <laughs> Maybe you need to provide those this. Sorry, with, I'm just uh, cozy in bed with my little golden doodle. Oh, gorgeous. You're a 5 a.m. person too. You should be relating to this. I am oh, a 5 a.m. person. I am a night owl. I was um, I was up till 1 a.m. Right. So this is commitment. People, pay attention. This is commitment. I am loving it. Hey, if your brain is in the right place for you to do so, which I hope it is, would you mind giving everyone a little summary of your submission, please? Okay, so right now, it's uh, lots of self-doubt yeah. and just, um, you know, the struggle of comparison. Like I recently, this has to do with my Instagram, but I recently did my first paid photo shoot and uh, for portraiture. <laughs> and as the say, subject or as the photographer uh as the photographer mm -hmm. and it just uh, um like all the comparison self-doubt the um worrying that my work isn't good enough or valuable enough 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, along those lines, I think that kind of covers my question. <laughs> I can't remember if I had any more, but. Yeah, no, you did. You discussed the comparisonitis. And I'm just so when you say that my work is not good enough. How would you know if it is? Um, well, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. I guess there's always things that I'd like to see more of in my work. Um, you know, like this or that, like, oh, I'm, I'm like, it's looking too sterile or, um, you know. If we were to take the photo shoot that you're talking about as an example, the comparisonitis, does it come in while you're performing the photography or taking the photographs? Or is it when you're looking at them afterwards? When does that come in? Um, I mean, somewhat of both, probably more so afterwards. Mm-hmm. It just so happened. Um, one of the ladies who I did it for is, um, well, I already work for her as, uh, as her babysitter. <laughs> So I kind of know her already, but um, she, they had photographs done by somebody else the day before too, for like a different thing. Um, And it's for their coaching business, but it just, I think it added another layer of pressure. (laughs) So, you know, and I guess why did it less on the topic of of Instagram? What? Sorry, I'm curious. Why did it add another layer of pressure? Um, just because another photographer, I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope, you know, depending on what they're charging, I hope that my images match up. <laughs> and did they, did they ask you to do this work? Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a paid, it was a paid function. Yep. What does it matter what they paid the other person? That's true. I mean, <laughs> But, but I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not saying that to be trite. I'm curious, what does it matter? What, what is the... Um, I mean, it's just, um, I mean, I guess that matters less, but I just hope that they liked it. <laughs> because right? what I'm hearing as I'm listening to you talk, and like there are, there are a couple of or three things that are sort of popping up. One is the relationship between the photography and, and I understand that this is that you, your original submission was more about the Instagram, which I totally mm-hmm. understand. Sorry about that. In the, in, the great wor- in the great way of the world, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So all roads are going to lead to Rome. So if we talk about it in this context, it's also going to be applicable to comparisonitis within Instagram, as it will be for everybody. But there's a number of things kind of popping up, which is the, 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 the work as a product and what you're charging for it and finding... Mm-hmm. That, the, that those are on the right level, like that the photograph is good enough to be worth that. There's the, what I'm producing versus what somebody else is producing, that mine has to be, you know, they've paid someone to do this professionally the day before, if mine isn't as good as, so it's gotta be good enough. Mm-hmm. And then there's while you're taking the photograph, all your thoughts that are, that are being collected while you're taking the photograph and then subjectively while you're looking at it, at it afterwards and you don't know what enough is what good enough looks like yep <laughs> but I'm wondering if maybe you have 
bit of a splash of perfectionism in there. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so perfectionism is quite simply fear. Mm-hmm. So the, the good enough, you're asking yourself, is it good enough? Is it good enough for me to charge this? Is it good enough to be standing up against somebody else's photography? Is it good enough to be perfect? Mm-hmm. Is impossible. Your, your brain has set you an impossible task for you to be good enough to be perfect. Firstly, because perfect doesn't exist. And secondly, <laughs> because you haven't defined what perfect is or even mm-hmm. what good enough is. So it's yeah. got you spinning. In circles. In circles. <laughs> oh. But when you have these thoughts, like for example, when you were taking the photograph and you knew that the previous day somebody else had been photographing for them and you're having this kind of conversation, your brain is having this conversation with you. They had someone else yesterday. You really better pull it out of the bag. I'm paying you for this. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Tell me how that makes you feel. Very insecure. And I noticed that a lot throughout my life anyway, whether it's in school, um, cause I'm a photography major <laughs> or, um, whether it's with my Instagram. So can you nail down, do you think a thought one that is kind of most present or that is in this situation where we're talking about the day before a a photographer had been in this family's life Mm -hmm. and you were then there, is there something that came kind of top of mind that was giving you this feeling of insecurity? Um. Just, I think the worry of my work isn't valuable enough. And I think that's kind of a constant thing with like photographers trying to figure out what they charge for a shoot. And, um, you know, I'm also a first semester student. So, well, I love my work and I feel like it is valuable. It it does make me nervous that I don't have the skill set of somebody else yet. Right. An awful lot of that is just bollocks, isn't it? I don't have the skill set <laughs> of somebody else. That's just like a random thing that your brain is chucking at you just to, you know, chuck you into the middle of the road rather than staying on the sidewalk. It's just what, you know, it's, it's so yeah. arbitrary. So much that your brain is giving you is so arbitrary. It's vague. It's misty. There's no way you can grab hold of it. But When you think my work isn't valuable enough, bearing in mind that we have no definition of value and no definition of what good enough is to merit that value in your head Mm -hmm. when you're taking these photographs and you have that feeling of insecurity, how do you show up? Um, Well, I... I'm kind of one of those people I'd say I push through most of the time, but it does, you know, it does hurt my creativity and my joy in my work. And I guess that was part of the question I submitted or the thought. Um, And like I said, most of the time I do keep going, especially during the school year, because, you know, I've got projects and I have to be submitting stuff, Mm -hmm. but I do lose some joy in it. Yeah. And tell me how you are with your clients. Um, 
I mean, I'd say I'm fairly upbeat and high energy with them. I think, I think despite my doubts, hopefully I, I kept a pretty good, um, so you know, based on it. I'd say so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is my professional it face. That, it helps that at least one of them like was super high energy and just such a love. So. Yeah. And if they weren't, would that have made a difference? Do you think? Like, for example if they were um, I'm sort of like I'm thinking if they were kind of shopping around in the background looking fairly unimpressed and there would was that have one been of, something that you took personally um, oh definitely <laughs> right so you would have seen so there was a correlation they were upbeat they had high energy and you kind of borrowed that mm-hmm. which is a slightly fragile position because if that hadn't been there you wouldn't have had it to borrow but it's really good awareness that you can recognize that you did it Yes. And I think I can bring it maybe like even when somebody doesn't have it, it just starts that meant like that thought train, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, oh. What, tell are me they, about that thought train. Like, just like, what are they thinking? <laughs> so right. what did you think when one of your clients was upbeat? Were you concerned at all what they were thinking? Um, not as much. And that's kind of the interesting thing about the last photo shoot I did. One of them was, and one of them was less so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it's just a different energy. It's like, okay, you know, what can I do to impress you or what can I do to make you happy? Like, yeah. um, what can I do to make you feel good? Right. Yeah. Cause the less upbeat and happy someone is the less I feel like, um, I mean, not everyone lives their life fully smiling. (laughs) I certainly don't, (laughs) but, um, like getting genuine photos and, uh, like, you know, their willingness to be photographed. I think my energy really sets the tone for that. Yeah. Yeah. So you take on responsibility for their energy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in a way, you're also people-pleasing. It's like, what can I do to get mm-hmm. your energy to the right level that I feel better about this situation? Or that yes. I can get a, a more valuable in bunny ears and more valuable. Actually, apologies to everybody. I, I say bunny ears because I know that this is also released in audio and I don't want anybody to think that I am accusing Kate of not having a good value in her photography. <laughs> but what I say, so to increase the value in one years to increase the value of your ability what you can produce you then sort of manufacture an environment of upbeat mm-hmm. which as an aside I can completely see professionally how that may be a strategy to get really good you know people doing what you want them to do so that you can pull the best out of them for a valuable photograph so I'm not saying that that is not a reasonable strategy for a photographer but in this particular case it wasn't being driven by I'm fucking awesome I'm gonna get the best goddamn photograph of you this is how I do it it's been driven by insecurity Mm -hmm. that feeling of insecurity so then the people pleasing kicks in and you mentioned that it hurts your creativity and your joy so you're feeling less joyous about the Mm -hmm. activity 
And um, what do you, how do you think mm -hmm. that impacts your end result in terms um, of the photograph that you end up with? I mean, I think I come up with images that are maybe technically good, but that don't spark joy or I didn't play around enough or put enough creativity into them. And all this really translates to my Instagram as well. Like I post, yeah. like I'm kind of, I guess I'm using my Instagram almost like somewhat of a little portfolio because I don't have a website yet. Just um, I'm not ready to commit to that yet yeah um, if I can just pull you back to this moment mm -hmm. because I'm very happy to talk about Instagram as well but if we can just run through this scenario where your thought is my work isn't valuable enough when you're taking these photographs mm -hmm. and you're calling that like there is an element of comparisonitis in there when you're looking at other people's work or you're considering the other photographer that came and you're thinking about the the money element of it and stacking up value to money and that insecure feeling that comes I must point out that comes from that thought, my work isn't valuable enough. It doesn't come from the fact that they had a photographer yesterday. It doesn't come from the fact that one of them was in great form and the other one wasn't. It doesn't come from your ability to produce a photograph. It comes from that thought, my work isn't valuable enough. And when you're thinking that and you feel insecure, it drives this raft of actions that include people pleasing, to kind of create the energy to, to feed your energy, putting a face on it. So kind of faking it with your clients. Mm -hmm. But really, I think the biggest one that comes from this self-doubt is that it hurts your creativity and your joy. Yes. So the end photograph, you believe, lacks creativity and lacks spark joy. But mm -hmm. really, the result of this whole thing is that you're not valuing your work either while you're doing it or in the end result. So it's not that your work isn't valuable enough. It's that you aren't valuing it. Yeah. Right. It all comes from that thought, like a little self-licking lollipop. That thought, my work isn't valuable enough, causes mm -hmm. you to have a result that you don't value. Yes. Yes, you're right. <laughs> so comparisonitis tends to come down to sort of main threads. We've already discussed perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And that kind of falls into the category of like, there's a right way. There's a right way of doing mm -hmm. it and a wrong way of doing it. I'm not doing, I may be doing some of it the right way, but I'm not doing all of it the right way. Like there's a magic bullet to success. There's also the... Um, being a bit bold, you are a student, so it isn't. It is possible. Did you, did I understand that right? You're still studying, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you are started, in. So. <laughs> right. so you are like literally in a a student space, and there's a student mentality to not good enough as well. Mm -hmm. Like the teacher will give me an A if I do it this way. The teacher will give me a B if I do it that way. I learn the rules. Mm -hmm. I learn how to create the value that gets. Um, that gets the reward that I want, that gets the A plus, and I'll just keep doing it that way. And that sort of student mindset is an automatic block to a leader mindset, which is my brain is fucking gold. Everything I need to know, like I can learn skills, fine, but everything that makes me me 
everything that makes my photography valuable. It's nothing to do with anybody else. It's my work. Mm-hmm. And when I see value in my work, look how I show up. Because if we had run through the same example and you had gone in there, you'd be like, I'm the bomb. <laughs> Your photographs are going to be fucking ninja. Absolute gold dust like just you wait and see it's going to blow your mind how would you feel um I think I probably would have felt more comfortable um also especially the afterwards editing process like the amount of anxiety I had over it and I guess anxiety fear perfectionism but yes I I see what you mean like that student mentality um And I've never really been a photographer outside of school. I started taking these classes for hobby and then realized I loved it so much that I was like, okay. Okay, right, Um, stop, 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 stop. Focus on that. Don't matter, professional, whether I've done this a thousand years, 10 years, I know people who've been taking photographs for 50 years who are doing nothing with it. And I know people who have been taking photographs for six months who were selling them for a small fortune. It's nothing to do with time served. It's nothing to do with the value, quote unquote, of it, as you would see other people seeing value in it. It's to do with how much of you is in that photograph because what sells your photography, yes, there are skills, but what sells your photography, the passion in your photography, the joy in your photography, where does that come from? Yeah, that comes from me. Right. And you soak it into every single photograph. Your energy is in it. If you look at art, if you look at like Damien Hirst, someone will love his work and will happily pay those prices. And someone will hate his work and will be like, y'all are being totally ripped off. What on earth? Buy a house instead. You aren't going to please all the people. So whether you are quote unquote good enough, we can chuck that. Mm -hmm. what do you love you started doing this you just said because I realized I loved it Mm -hmm. yeah so if you went into that shoot yesterday within your head it doesn't matter what happens after this point I love doing this I love this process I love photography Mm -hmm. think of the creativity that that opens up yeah you, you, there's no point in comparing yourself to somebody else because somebody else isn't you. It's like comparing <laughs> apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. one in a seven billion phenomenon. Mm-hmm. All of your lived experience and your skills, all of the little crumbs of curiosity that you followed in your life and that you will continue to follow in your life make you, you. That's yeah. the special bit. yes you're so right so the next time you're thinking about another photographer and you're like oh you know them me them me just think apples and oranges Mm -hmm. are there skills that they are using that I would like to try fine that's a whole different kettle of fish Mm -hmm. but comparison has no place perfection doesn't exist Mm-hmm. you're awesome and I can see they've been flashing up like we've got 68 things in the chat like place 
and uh, they've been maybe flashing up as I've been oh. talking to you with people going I love you I love your photographs you're amazing you're absolutely brilliant I was like well you know if you not that I recommend relying on external validation but sometimes it's nice to have a whole big bunch of people say so you're you're the bomb but you're <laughs> uh, the well, bomb well thank you everyone oh. you are the bomb and I <laughs> well, look forward to seeing you. your work Thank you, Sally. You're welcome. Sarah, is there anything that you would like to add? Well, just thank you, Kate, so much for sharing that. I can tell from the reaction in the chat how much it's resonating with other people too, and with myself, actually. And Sally, that was such beautiful coaching. For me, like, this is one of those things where it comes down to, like, what even is value? Like, who decides what value is? Because mm -hmm. I, I said in the chat box, like, if I was in a photography class with my little iPhone photos, can you imagine? Like, they would not, they would not even get like a D. But I have a best-selling photography book. Like, who gets to decide? My brother says, yes, I have it over here. It's so good. <laughs> well, you feel free to grade it. Get a red pen. <laughs> it's, who decides, right? In the end, it's got to be us. We've got to decide. I find value in our work, in my work. And that's why mm -hmm. we do it. Because if we're doing it for the outside validation, there'll never be enough. And there'll always be someone better yes. or prepared or doing it differently. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the hard part though. Like not looking toward others, but looking toward myself for that. Um, yeah, I, I would recommend for you a really good journaling exercise is to like, write what is value? Like, or what is the value of photography? and mm -hmm. write as much as you can get out of your head and just see you might surprise yourself what your answer is because I bet it's not it gets an A and the clients <laughs> are very happy I don't think that's why the artist in you wants to make photos mm -hmm. I, I think you're wrong. right <laughs> I could be wrong and there's no wrong or right answers but the more you can connect to that that sense of like how you are creating value in the world the more you'll know it that you are valuable oh yes we love you we are sending you a huge <laughs> hug are you going to go back to bed please tell me yes um may yeah probably you can't have <laughs> after this probably yes. and if you're feeling like anxious and worked up i've got to say three hours sleep not gonna help <laughs> not my recommendation yeah i'm not a doctor but from experience get some sleep and be kind yes and um make sure you read every single one of these comments because it is I will thank you guys so much That's I really lovely. appreciate it oh <laughs> thank you, you. okay I would love to talk to Tamara Tamara are you here with us yes I am hi how you doing <laughs> oh I'm a bit tired my baby's been sick all week so basically oh. it's been one long day on Monday. <laughs> How is your baby doing now? Uh, well, same thing, but uh, she will be better. It's, she will be better. It's Good. just a cold. No, it's so hard though when they can't breathe, so they can't sleep. Yeah, it's her first yeah. cold, so she's not able to push the small. Yeah, yeah, and, I remember. I remember. I remember buying like a little squeezy thing that was meant to, yeah. Yeah, I have the electric electric one now, so it's like, well, it has a song. Crazy. <laughs> the things we do. The things we do. Are you feeling up for talking though? Yeah, you feeling good. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, tell everybody about what's going on with you. Well, I um, 
uh, I would like to discuss so many topics in my Instagram uh, and they may seem all different, but they are so, sort of the, under the umbrella of fairness. So, um, but there are like a few topics between those which are specifically bullying, mobbing and fertility issues like um, when you're trying to have a child and it takes time and you don't know why. Uh, these are topics we don't talk much about, at least uh, where I come from. And it makes you feel weird when it happens to you because um, uh, you haven't heard so much about it. So I would like to normalize uh, the talk on many subjects, including these, which were my personal experience. So I want to normalize them, but I cannot talk about them in front of people I know. So it's absurd because I, I think like my aim is to make it normal and yet I cannot be the first one to discuss about them. If it's about like if it's in front of total strangers or people I have met recently, I have no trouble. But thinking of like my mom or my dad or my friends from my childhood, um, seeing me talk about that or seeing my posts, it just makes me fear so much about uh, what they will say and what will be the judgment. And so I wonder, is this fear good? Is this protecting me from something that I wouldn't be able to manage if it happens? Or is it something that I have to overcome because uh, of the greater good? Okay, well, what do you think the answer to that question is? I have no idea. I would like to overcome it. But then I would regret it so much if uh, I put out in the world something I'm too vulnerable about and um, I, I don't know. And then I feel super sad about comments or well, I feel... Yeah. Let's explore that. Let's explore like what your worst case scenario is here. I have to say you, you are not alone. This is always it's so fascinating to me that when we hold back from what we want to do online, we're not so scared what strangers are going to think. It's always these people in our lives. And yeah. it's quite often people in our lives that are not very active. It's like the other mums at the toddler group or like, you know, like people who maybe aren't the people we'd go to for advice or, or like, you know, life advice necessarily. So let's imagine you go all in on this. You start posting, you post all the things you want to post. What's the fear? What you frighten would happen? Um, so what scares me the most is uh, that I put it out there saying that it's relatable because it's my personal experience. And uh, like my parents uh, see the post and they imagine me living that situation. And for some reason that scares me so much. And is it, are you scared of what they'll feel? Are you scared of what they'll say? Yeah. Which? What they'll feel, it's something like I, I don't know, they will know I was in pain for something and they will be sad about it. And I don't want to do that. Why? Uh, I like to uplift other people and not to make them feel sad. You have a daughter, right? The little girl, yeah. did you say? Would you like 
her as she gets older, if she's feeling sad or going through a painful time, to be able to tell you about it or to feel like she has to hide it from you? Well, I want her to be able to talk about it. Yeah. And I imagine if she, if she, you did find out she was going through a painful time, you would be sad for her. But you might be glad that you knew. It might create intimacy, an opportunity for you to support her. Maybe. Totally. Maybe. So why no, do you no, think sure, you're... Sure. Um... I mean, I don't know your relationship with your parents, so I'm just trying to unpack um, that. Like, why is it not okay for your parents? No, to... it's sort of it's sort of okay. It's an okay relationship. I mean, it has its uh, like good things and bad things, but it's not anything uh, like dramatic. Um, we've we've been through a lot when I was a child. We fled war, and um, so I always think that. Uh, they sacrificed a lot to, um, so I could just be happy. And mm -hmm. so it's sort of like they, their sacrifice isn't worth it if uh, I'm not happy all the time. And they've always been, not always, but most of the times they've been cool when I uh, told them stuff that I was scared to tell them. But uh, I always said it when I had to, now it's a choice. It's something that I don't have to say and uh, so I'm wondering, is it necessary? That thought. And, yeah, that specifically, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that thought, like, I'm just wanting you to hear it back. They sacrifice such a lot for you. And so if you're not happy all the time, that invalidates their sacrifice. Yeah. That is a huge weight for you to carry. <laughs> I know. That is, because you were human. So, I mean, you can be a billionaire with 15 super yachts and you're still not going to be happy all the time. There is nobody on earth who doesn't experience pain at points in their life. That's the human experience. That's kind of what we have to sign up for. And... But even if I... Oh, no, go, go. No, no, you go. Even if we sign up for it, uh, how to express this? <laughs> Everyone like signs up for it, but I, um, I can avoid putting on like my parents' shoulders the weight of my pain. But you are assuming it would be a weight on their shoulders. Yeah, I am assuming it from previous experience. From your interpretation of previous experience through this lens. That's of, more accurate. Yeah, because you yeah. I mean, if you're looking at everything with this, like, it invalidates their sacrifice if I'm not happy all the time, then mm -hmm. every time you let them know you're not happy, you will be looking, your brain will be on a treasure hunt for evidence that, you know, that you're harming them. But what if they fled war and made all those sacrifices so you could live? Not so you could be happy all the time, just so you could live a full life. 
doesn't that then include the good and the bad? It does. How does that hit with you? What does your brain say? I'm sure your brain's arguing with me somewhere in there. Sorry, it just like, uh, no, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm visualizing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm imagining. Yeah, it feels, um, it feels right. And at the same time, it feels hard, like right in theory, but hard to put in practice. Of course. And well, you've been living in this thought model for so long, this thought of, I have to protect yeah. them by pretending that I'm always happy. Yeah. But what are you protecting them from? Nothing, probably. Probably nothing, right? It could be interesting to find out. It could be interesting to have a conversation with them and find out maybe and question some of these. Mm rules that you've you'll and you'll have picked them up with as a child probably like we learn them we hold on to them and we just live by them and we never look at them we don't take them out put them in front of us and go is this still useful to me is this still what I want I mean can you imagine other reactions from your parents to seeing the content you want to post can your brain come up with any how would I feel them uh, how would I feel uh, of their reactions? Like, yeah, can you can you imagine other responses they might have to seeing you post these things on Instagram other than pain, which is what you're frightened of? Um, well, I can imagine other pain, like, uh, why didn't you tell us before? <laughs> Just lots of, like, different flavors of pain. Lots <laughs> of pain, yeah, always pain. <laughs> no, uh, one. What about then, pride? Um, what about? Pride. Pride. Yeah, maybe. Is it possible? That I always, might... it's possible. They, they are proud of me, but I always like think they are proud of me when I uh, like have success, when I like do something uh, that they can like told, oh yeah, my daughter did that. And uh, they would not, I don't imagine them being proud of, uh, oh yeah, my daughter's has been bullied everywhere. And um, so it's hard to imagine pride in this situation. Uh, what does it? I may imagine trust. Yeah. Sort of like space. If she talks to me about this, uh, maybe I can talk to her about stuff. There you go. So like, that's one positive. That's a total possibility right intimacy and trust yeah what does it mean yeah. about you if you post something and it makes your parents feel sad um well i know this is not where we're going but uh, it makes me a bad person for well, i think that is where we're going I think, yes. that's, I think that's what's at the heart of it because mm. you don't want to do that because you don't want to be a bad person. But is that true? Yeah. I know it's not, but I can't help but 
feel that way. Okay, so tell me why. Why does it make you a bad person? Because I, well, I have imagined the consequence of um, putting people in pain with this. So if I knew that that would be the consequence and I did it anyway, that makes me a bad person. I don't know if that makes sense. First of all, we have to accept that you're not responsible for other people's feelings ever. Unless you have a secret, do you have a secret weapon where you can control other people's feelings? No, because if you do, I want, I, I want, wish. I, if you do, like, point that laser at me, because I've got some requests. <laughs> like, sometimes it feels like we can influence them. Like, it's very seductive, but we can't control other people's thoughts or feelings. Right? You could post something you thought was completely happy and benign, and it might make someone feel sad. And also, we feel maybe shame share that share that I've been like bullied or that I've had fertility issues because somehow we're led to believe it's our fault mm. and even though rationally I know it's not but uh, but still like uh, I've, I'm the one who have been bullied and not my other friends so I may have done something wrong to be the one who's been bullied and if I expose it, it will show uh, that um, there is something wrong with me that I actually suck or that I am a loser because of all of the, because people were right to bully me. And I don't know, this kind of stuff. Who's going to think that in your head? Uh, well, I think as I've been bullied through like my teenage years, uh, I have people following me who I know from that time and who were there when I was bullied. So I think about these people, for example. And what? why would it matter if they thought that? Because it mattered back then, 15 years ago. And so it's, um, it hurts so much back then. So it's hard uh, to think it will not hurt again even though I don't care about them right now, like I don't think about these people, but uh, it just brings back these this feelings of, of being such an outsider. And uh, do you believe, is there a part of you that believes those things about you? Yeah, sometimes I do. And is there a part of you that believes that you're a bad person? A part of me does. Well, first of all, that's completely normal. We all have those parts of us that, that think it. And I've often, when we are so frightened of other people thinking these things about us, what we're really scared of is believing it more ourselves, thinking it about ourselves. And then the pain that we will create with that thought. And I'd just love you to see that everything, all of this, kind of the the resistance and the drama that your mind is coming up with is all just trying to save you from feeling pain. It's trying to save you from feeling the pain of seeing your parents potentially, maybe, just possibly upset. It's trying to save you the pain of potentially maybe someone you knew 15 years ago having a thought about you, which 
I've got to break it to you. They're going to, they're going to have thoughts about you, whether you post on Instagram or not. Everyone's having thoughts about you all the time. And we have no control over any of them. And they don't actually answer. The biggest, most liberating thing I ever learned was that actually, like, it doesn't matter what people think about you. It matters what you think about you. Yeah. Yeah, probably I imagine that people's reactions would validate those parts of me that think I'm bad and I'm a loser. And that's when they would become more real. And that's when the pain that closes the circle. It makes total sense. Yeah. And so it makes complete sense that your brain is like, this isn't safe because we've built this fragile sense of self. This like we're starting to believe in ourselves. It is not safe for us to do to risk that and to risk receiving negative feedback that might take us backwards and make us feel pain. But mm. How could it be? How is it that it is safe? Nothing is. Well, maybe nothing is, but also like you are not the person you were 15 years ago. Yeah. Pain is just an emotion. It's just a physical sensation in your body that you can withstand. None of these, these scenarios that you are cooking up in your brain are in any way guaranteed. If we were going to like place bets on it, I'd say the odds of them are fairly low. Mm. Like they're possibilities for sure, but like they're not the only possibilities. Makes sense. I'm processing. Yeah. Like no, I want you to process it. <laughs> and... Ultimately, it comes down to like, you have to like your reasons for the decision. You know, you said at the beginning, I need to know if this is something, a fear I should listen to that's going to protect me or a fear that I need to push through. So thinking about what we've just talked about, do you want to not do this work in the world to protect yourself from potential pain from people in your past no I definitely want to do it okay and so then what we have to do is we go okay I'm signing up knowing there might be some discomfort along the way yeah knowing that not every soft sorry I can start soft yeah like you can be kind to yourself you absolutely and you can you know you do it you treat yourself beautifully because you love yourself through it and you have your own back and you decide in advance that if if your parents feel pain that means nothing about you as a person it doesn't mean you're a bad person it means it's an opportunity for you to have a conversation it means it was the path you were meant to take and you can decide in advance that if someone from 15 years ago is like well actually you were kind of annoying by then that that doesn't mean anything about who you are who you were then or who you are now and, and have your own back. We're not used to doing that, right? Fight your own corner. So if it comes up instead of going, oh my God, this is true. It's, I have to now think this. You could go, mm, I'm going to just reject that bit of feedback. Not useful. If you love your reason for doing it, which I think you do, yeah. then it's worth it 
it's worth the discomfort and I have to say like all the best things in life all the things that we really want to do they don't come without that and your parents know that your parents know that living comes with pain and discomfort as well I do not believe that they think that you are (laughs) you are constantly happy and rainbows and daisies I'm sure they know that you're a human with human experiences and maybe it's time that you forgave yourself for that I try but it makes total sense and thank you you're a beautiful human thank you so much for sharing this Tamara Sally I saw you taking notes was there anything you wanted to add um firstly just masses of compassion because it it sounds as you're talking that there's there's trauma there Mm. you're you're physically reacting to trauma and in cases where that is the truth of your lived experience it is as Sarah said, it's incredibly important to prioritize your safety. What do I do to feel safe? How, it's the difference between a risk and a hazard. I know there is potential danger. How close am I okay to get to that danger? And really prioritizing yourself. Your brain's already going to be on high alert because you're talking about taboo subjects. So by the very nature of them being taboo, not very many people are talking about them. You're saying you want to normalize something that nobody else is talking about. Your brain's already going to be going, hang on a minute. That makes us different from everybody else, which makes it again, all the more important for you to be nurturing yourself and providing your own safety. But what I'd just love to finish on is two things. One, you were bullied in your past bringing those thoughts with you, your brain is now bullying you to make you do something that it thinks is right for you, that you get to choose. It's always a choice. You get to choose. You don't have to do this. You don't have to not do this. It's always a choice. And finally, I think your parents fought for themselves and they fought for something that they believed in. And everything that you're going through now in considering discussing these topics is the path that your audience will be going through to discuss these topics. So in terms of the empathy that you can derive from that, the understanding that you can pass on, I think actually that's a generational understanding. Your parents will understand taboo. They'll understand a difficult situation and choosing to fight for life. They'll understand so much more potentially than you're giving them credit for but also on the flip side of that your audience will understand you have been through this your parents were bullied you were bullied your audience will have had some experience of being bullied and that alignment of energy is incredibly powerful which is probably why you believe so strongly in this. You can feel the energy pull of it. You can feel the the rightness to your higher purpose for want of a better expression. This is something that you're drawn towards or it's calling you however it works in your head. This is this little knock, this little kind of tap, tap, tap at the door, but it is 
always your choice and prioritizing your safety is of the utmost importance because we can neither evolve nor give if we aren't looking after ourselves. We will just be depleted. So that's said with love from someone who has gone through a very similar experience. Powerful enough. Thank you so much for your bravery. Already, we can see what you're capable of because you've brought it here and you've spoken in front of people and you've brought your truth to the world already. Yes, yeah, look what you've already done. Um, and I'm, as I was listening to Sally speak, then I was thinking of a quote, I don't remember who it was by, but it says, trauma is handed down through the generations until someone is able to step up and, and stop it or take the courage yeah. to stop it. And you have this daughter, maybe this is your work. Part of the reason you're called to this work is so that yeah. she doesn't have to carry some of the burden you've carried maybe and that's not lacking gratitude for all you've been given by your parents at all to the say and also there's things about my mind I want to change and then a purely practical point I want to share with you all I have a rule where I don't share things ever online until I feel clean about them in my head um so quite often that means if I'm in the middle of an emotional period I might write something so it's very raw but then I put it to one side and I post it once that emotion has subsided a little bit or I've been coached on it or I've coached myself on it or I've got to a place where because I know you said like some of it feels frightening to post or like it could be too vulnerable and maybe holding that radar for yourself could be a helpful activity like you know because time does heal a lot of wounds doesn't it there are some wounds that you think Gosh, if you asked me about that six months ago, I wouldn't have been able to speak without crying. And now I have a different perspective. So be gentle with yourself. Be kind with yourself. Think of your daughter yeah, and treat, treat yourself the way you want to treat her. So much stuff. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. For, honestly, thank you so much for sharing. And as always, you are getting so much wonderful support in the comments. So do soak that in as well and we are all here for you keep us posted definitely i'm just gonna dive in right now thank, thank you so much, so much and uh, thank you and i hope your little baby gets better soon give us some kisses from us i hope so too we all need to sleep <laughs> okay thank sally. you thank you sarah thank you sally thank You're you so welcome. thank you sally did you have someone else you wanted to pull up next i do i'm noticing also Five that minutes. we're five minutes to the top of the hour what do you want to do well I'm happy to go but I'm <laughs> fully aware that some people may need to leave or want <laughs> to leave and that's okay let's do it then five minutes of night is still five minutes I'm just gonna grab I would love to here. sorry say again I'm just grabbing my bird ah <laughs> uh -uh, lovely just it away. please if Kerry is available Kerry Wiley Hawkins I'd love to speak with you. Hello. Here we have Carrie. Look at that. We've got three for three today. Like last week, we were like, no, <laughs> no, no. Okay. Oh, and Sally, this is perfect because we spoke with Carrie a little bit in the Tuesday call about some of this stuff. So oh. the fact that there's not as much time, we're already, we've got a head start. So it's good. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> you haven't, but we have. Oh, nice. Thanks. So I'm coming in blind, <laughs> but everybody else knows all the things. 
forgive me if I go over something that has already been discussed in that case. Kerry, how lovely to meet you. And you too. <laughs> would you like to give everybody an idea of what it is that you would like coaching on today? So I have a new Instagram account that is um, purely set up to support a business that I'm launching in a couple of months. Uh, it's a product-based business. Yeah, I have a real mental block about selling on it. Um, Do you know why? I think in part, some of it comes from, I come from um, like the influencer industry and it, it can be a bit grubby. And I think what it's does grubby up. mean? Everything's been, everything's a sales pitch. Everything's a sales pitch. And I just have such a fear of becoming that way. I also think that I'm perhaps too emotionally involved with it because I feel such a responsibility to not let it down, which is the madness. Not to not let the brand down. Then? The brand. Okay. Could it be that that's tied in with the, I don't want the brand to be grubby? Yeah. Is possibly. that like, yeah. 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 So how's about you? You just don't be grubby. Yeah. What do I, it's hard for me to explain what I mean. It just feels that like, if you were to look at my Instagram, I don't, I don't have anything on it product wise. And I didn't realize that until Sarah pointed it out to me. I have nothing on it product wise. And even when my husband looked at it, he said, I would think that you were selling flowers, you know, or talking about flowers. Um, and Are you true. selling flowers? No. <laughs> okay. No. Just, I just thought I'd check. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's a very heart-led heart brand, and I'm just so fearful of not doing right by it. It's really hard for me to okay. explain. Sounds crazy. So there are two, when people say that they're a heart-led brand, or when they're authentic, if we take Sarah as an example, there is a, sorry, Sarah, I'm pulling you into this one. There is a, I think there's a sort of common thought error that happens, which means if people don't want it, it's my heart they don't want. Yeah, yeah. And actually a heart-led brand, as far as I would define it, and stop me if this doesn't chime with you, is something that is built on the values of the heart that created it. A million percent. Right. So let's say you want to sell talcum powder. I don't know why that came to mind. Talcum powder. And your values are, name your values. What Do you, do you know what your values are? Uh, yeah, so uh, the brand is all about supporting charities. Um, it's eco-friendly. It's vegan. Um, it's about creating rituals to help mental well-being. Okay. So you, your values for the company product are charity, sustainability, environmentalism, and mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. What about your values? What, what do you mean? Sorry. So that's your business values. What about your values? Are they Are not they the my same? values? Yeah. Oh, well, they, no, they may well be. No, that was a curious oh. question, not not a, a oh. <laughs> theorized type question. Yeah, no, they are the same. So you're, you're, okay. So let's say you're selling talcum powder and you believe in 
charities and sustainabilities and environmentalism and uh, mental health awareness. And you believe in your product wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And someone doesn't buy your talcum powder. So what? Um, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, Why would you be okay with it for the talcum powder, but not for your product? I understand I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, totally. But I think that the responsibility I feel towards it sort of creates almost a fear, almost a stage fright of of diving in. Responsibility Um, to the product or to your business or to your values? To my values, I think. Okay, but your values are your values regardless of whether you start this company or not. Mm. You're just using the company as a vehicle. Yeah, to help. Yeah, to help. Yeah. What is your product? Uh, So it's basically things that create rituals in the home to help people. It was all created from a really traumatic experience that went on in our family. Um, And... So it's for, uh, so it's aromatherapy based uh, home fragrance, um, bath um, products, uh, okay. all, all sorts of things. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that people should buy your product? Yes. Okay. Well, right. I think everybody should have something that facilitates them being able to find some peace, whatever that right. is. Right. And it kind of should be yours. Well, yeah, mine as much as anyone else's. (laughs) And if they don't buy it, then what? Well, then I hope they find something else that gives them that. Okay. But you feel emotionally charged to a not purchase. Um, what in rejection? Do you mean that sort of? Well, what I'm trying to get because so there's the grubby, but you believe in your product mm-hmm. and you believe it can benefit people. So I'm trying to fit together where grubby comes with that because you're you have a product that is based on your values that you feel will genuinely benefit somebody's life. Yes, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's so really what you're doing is a service. Yeah, that they can give you money for. Yeah, yeah, you've made that sound far simpler. (laughs) (laughs) Well, brains do like to overcomplicate things. That's true. God, mine does. But you have a load of experience of grubby selling. That doesn't mean that's the only experience. If you take Sarah again as an example, was your experience of purchasing this class, the Instruct Retreat, grubby? No. Okay, so you've got at least one role model from a heart-led business, a value-based business that is not grubby. That's true. That's true. Do you feel that Sarah believes that her product adds value to your life? Yeah. Do you believe that her product does add value to your life. A million percent, yeah. Would you 
if she said like a week into the class, I'm taking away all of the content, all of the material, you're not getting any of it. No, I've, I've changed my mind. I don't, um, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, I'm not going to do this anymore. I would so come and kidnap her budgie. Right. Oh. <laughs> okay, know your audience on that one. That might not be the right moment. <laughs> she knows I love her budgie. <laughs> he loves so, you too. Don't worry. He's hiding now. He's like, <laughs> you can see where I'm going with this. Like, you wanted to buy something from a company. They believed in their product so much. You could see the authenticity there. They believed, Sarah Group Company, they believed in the value that they were providing you believed in the value that they were providing, a transaction happened. Sarah's better off because she's got your moolah. You're better off because you have this incredible class that over delivers like just like flat out more than any other group that I have seen. The over delivery is insane. Do you think Sarah feels grubby? No, she shouldn't, no. Can I ask you, Sarah, do you feel grubby? I do not. I showered just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so why you've got one role model for a company that sells in a way that isn't grubby, you will be able to find a lot of others. Mm. But while your brain is telling you, which is what I'm circling back to, that a not purchase of you mind saying something? Because as much as I love you, Sarah, you're on the screen big style. If Kerry says something, then she'll come back up and I can talk. Oh, hi. Yeah, there we go. Hello. <laughs> you're back again. <laughs> um, I've lost my train of thought. Where was I? Oh, the, the, the not purchasing as a personal rejection or as a rejection of the values. If your brain is seeing that, it's not going to want you to put things out there. Yes. Yeah, I see that. Because if it if it if it's not successful, you put products out there, people are gonna think you're grubby. People are, you know, it's throwing these things at you. So what's the flip side of that if you do put stuff out there? If you do put products on your page? Um products that you believe in that are value-based, that add quality to somebody's life, based on the fact that you've gone through a traumatic experience and you found benefit. Well, I would, yeah, they, they could purchase and it make a small difference in their life. Yeah. But while you're not putting them on your page, that's not possible. No. That value that you so want to give isn't there for anybody to receive. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's crazy, I'm in my own way, aren't I? <laughs> Totally. Yeah. But, and I did just want to come quickly back to this. When you mentioned that this was born out of a traumatic experience, little flags went up for me only because two things. One, we can become evangelical about some, a product that we used or a something that we went through that helped us. And we can become kind of a bit, um, we, we can over-invest in it because of how it helped us in our life. That is not a negative thing, 
Yeah. That is just something that can happen. But when that happens, the eggs that we have in that basket are linked to trauma. So if you don't want this, then this thing that helped me when I was going through this traumatic experience is invalidated. So it's like there's a like there's a link between a product that you're selling all the way back into trauma. If that's something that you've done work on and you're clean mm-hmm. about, you're like, you know what, I've processed this. I have received um, help from other people or within family or within I've done my own work on this. Absolutely fine. But I just wanted to kind of bracket that this happened and I used these products or found that this was really helpful as a lived experience with immense value and also put like a line between that and your product, Instagram sales or no sales and put a bracket around that as data. Yeah. I've created something and it may sell and it may not sell. Strategy. You know, how can I look at this like a scientist? How can yeah. I have a long-term view of it? Like a, like a forester who knows that it takes time for these things maybe to, to root or, you know, one tree is not. Well, this the is the crazy thing. thing. This is the crazy thing. Until three years ago, I had a very, very successful business that I'd built over 19 years from the ground up. So I do not know why I've got this block with this. I sold that. I'm out of that. Tell me why you think you've got this block with this. I think I'm scared of it failing because my other thing didn't. I think that people would think, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know is a block for the brain. What if you did know? Yeah, maybe I need to sit and think about it. Hmm. I, don't, I don't think I'm dealing with the trauma anymore. That's I've put that yeah. to bed. Yeah, okay. 100%. I hope you don't mind me bringing that up, but I just No, 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 no. Oh, Christ, no, I'm an open book, me. No. <laughs> but it was interesting that when we were talking about the value and your belief in this product and the value that it can give to the world, you're withholding that right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. Yeah. What would you like to do with your Instagram account? I would like to get out my own way and stop being a mentalist and just get on with it. A mentalist? Yeah. What's the definition of a mentalist? <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah, I would like to just stop overthinking it, maybe. Do you have everything ready to go? Um, I'm just waiting for printing and branding. Okay, so you can make a decision here now in front of everybody. Set a date, the date that you're going to put a product on your page. Mm. And you can have your own back and keep your word. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Well, I've got but to do it, it sounds now. like you'd like to. It sounds like you'd like to. Oh, okay, next week, I'll put something up. With Sorry, a product? Which day? Oh. Uh-huh. Date and time. Oh, God. Pressure. I'm writing it down too. We're all writing it down. Like everyone that's here. (laughs) Tuesday. Tuesday. Is it morning or afternoon or evening? Morning's our post. Tuesday morning. By midday. By midday? 
by midday there'll be yeah, a post midday. in the facebook group from you saying here i did it yeah with the link right. to your product yeah and if not um i'm gonna steal your budgie i don't know i don't know what the equivalent is <laughs> i've got a miniature schnauzer there is lots to think about but your decision yeah. is made you want to do this you see the value in it. You're not attached to whether people buy it or don't buy it, although you think that it will add value, so you want them to. And also it's your business, so you want them to. These are all perfectly logical trains of thought. Yeah. The only thing that was getting in the way was your belief that something was getting in the way. Yeah. You've made a decision now. I've made a decision. Yeah. And now you keep your word to yourself. Okay. And importantly, you have your own back. So regardless of what happens with that post, be it wildly successful or nobody looks at it at all, whatever your metrics of success are, which also I would recommend you having, what are my metrics of success? What do I class as success and not just financial? What do I class as success in my life, in my relationships? You know, what do I class as success in all of these different areas? So regardless of how that post does, it's a great product that I believe in. Yeah. And I love me. Totally separate things. It's a great product that I believe in. And I love me. I love me always. I love me when I fall flat on my face. I love me when I, what was the word you used? When I'm, you, you when you're. When I'm being a mentalist. <laughs> <laughs> I love me then. I love me when I forget things. I love me when I don't understand stuff. I love me when I do understand stuff. I love me when I have a very successful company that I built for 19 years. I love me then. And I love me now starting something new. Always love me. The rest is all outside. Okay. I feel like I've been a bit bossy. I like it. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. So welcome. So welcome. <laughs> We've got go sell your shit, Kerry. Who wrote that? Oh, Sarah, <laughs> that was you. It's gonna be, I said it's oh, like, so you leave the online swearing to me, but you're happy to write it. <laughs> so it's off brand to say it, only on brand to write it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Tuesday at midday. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you. That little reminder on my phone um, because I'm going to be the first to like it. Uh. <laughs> Scared. Okay. Sonny's shared Kerry's Instagram in the comments, and we can all go and follow and be ready. Oh That's God. Fine. Yeah. Okay. We've built up the suspense now. None of us have seen <laughs> make. We're like, oh my God. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna judge and love. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank, thank you, everyone who's been so open and vulnerable today. And Sally, as always, thank you for your amazing insights and coaching and brain. I'm sending Absolute you so pleasure. Much love. And. See you in Facebook, see you online, and see you on our next call next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye Thank you so much. Bye.